Welcome to today's episode of A Facilitator's Journey, brought to you by School of Facilitation and me, Kirsty Lewis. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Richard Stokes of Mojo Development. He is a coach, he is a leadership facilitator, he has direct clients, he's an associate. Um, The core topic, though, today is going to be about decision making and how do we make decisions consciously and unconsciously in our businesses. So I hope you enjoy it. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. If it's something you do like, please remember to subscribe, like, follow, whatever the method is. Enjoy this episode. Okay, so welcome to this podcast episode and I'm joined today by Richard Stokes. Hey Richard, how are you? I'm very well. It's so good to be here. So good to see you, Kirsty. And to see you too. So for the listener, how do we know one another? Oh, well, you know, it's a really good and important story for me, how we know each other. Um, It is through, essentially through my podcast, the Mojo podcast. But before that, we were having a kind of an Instagram kind of romance we talk about don't yeah. we were sort of like following each other and checking out what we're doing and you know I was following a lot of your you know your guidance and tips on being a facilitator because I was fairly new into it I think at that point um, and then I kicked off my podcast and I was in the first season of it and really stepping out of my comfort zone and approaching people I didn't know to be guests because that's how you get guests often um to expand your network and i remember messaging you and with that real real fear in my head like what's she gonna think who am i to ask kirsty to be on my podcast and you were like straight back love to do it yes that'd be awesome um and this was i think i'm gonna say 2020 2020 before covid i think yeah uh so we we got to meet in person in a studio in Soho and we sat down and had this most fantastic conversation about your journey um, to where you'd got to, which I found super inspirational. It was about values, I seem yes. to remember. And we talked about values uh, a lot. Um, and we went from there, didn't we? And, and the we wonderful thing, I remember distinctly, we didn't just have that conversation, but we sat down and had some lunch after. And you said, I've got to introduce you to a couple of people you're going to want as guests. Um, and that was Barry and Richard. Uh, yeah. and then they became guests and guess what? They both introduced me to more people and this wonderful snowballing effect of, of the network of the community carried yeah. on. So and it's, so it's through a podcast. It's so important. Yeah. So important yeah. community. Um, especially when we work for ourselves and we have, yeah, but that's solopreneur. Um, so how long have you worked for yourself, Richard? So it will be five years this November when I incorporated uh-huh. Mojo Development. And how do you describe what you do? I am a leadership coach and workshop facilitator. And it's through the lens of leadership where I, where I come at it from. So it's one-to-one work with, obviously, with individuals, sometimes group coaching, and also facilitating larger groups um, in the room and, obviously, in the last few years, a lot on, on Zoom as well. So Great. very much le- leadership from a point of view of personal development, the, the inside-out yeah. job of leadership. That's how I come at it. Yeah. And uh, for context, how are you direct client? Are you associate? Is it blend? How do you describe your, that? yeah, the, the, the way the work comes to you? Yeah, it's definitely a blend. 
Um, and again, if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd probably been like, I don't really know how this is going to work. Let's, let's see what happens. But I was fortunate enough to have a few direct clients to kind of kick off with. And I got an associateship very early on as well. So I, I sort of stepped quite naturally into, I'll go and find my own clients, but also I'll work with, you know, uh, let's call them an agency who are, who are going to yeah. bring me in. And it just felt very natural, actually, from the get go um, to have that, as you say, that blend of, of channels to market. That's a nice way to say it. it's a, a blend of channels and it's okay to have one channel, two channels, three channels. And if whether that's, you have your own direct clients, you work as an associate, um, what else could there be? Fixed term contracts, like mm. semi-permanent contracts as well. It's another one I've heard. And I think for many of us starting out, I, I was an associate when I started. It was, it felt safe for me. I wasn't too sure what I was going to do. So being an associate was the way forward. Yeah. And I get that. I think, um, I'm sure if, if that had been my first thing that came towards me, I probably would have gravitated maybe solely to that. Who knows? But I did have, you know, one of the reasons I did, I left, I stepped out of corporate and set up Mojo was I really wanted to do something for me. I had this yeah. big itch to scratch. So I think that this whole kind of going and finding the clients and actually was quite aligned to some roles I'd done previously in, in the ad agencies I'd been in, in terms of around business development. So I was quite yeah. comfortable around that. And I appreciate it doesn't come naturally to everybody, the whole sales and marketing piece. Um, but yeah, so for me, you know, that, that bit blend started me off and continues to fill, fill, my, fill my cup. So the topic we were going to talk about today, um, it's quite niche and I quite like it. It's around decision making mm. and how do we make decisions um, in our business? Because probably without even realizing it, we're making decisions all the time. And when you're, I was thinking about this this morning, when we're on our own and running our own businesses, often we're making decisions on our own. Whereas when we were in the corporate world or in an agency organization, many of us bounced ideas around and bounced maybe some decision-making and it didn't feel for me making some decisions in my business often feels quite a big deal. Um, and I just love to talk about decision-making with you. Um, where should we start? How about, how do you decide whether to do a piece of work or not? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really, Increasingly, I feel my way in, uh, if that makes sense, to uh, understanding whether a client, be it a one-to-one you know, -one coaching client or a corporate client who I'm going to do workshops with, feels right. What I, I'm trying to get away from, and when I say feel very deliberately, is thinking about it too much. Because when we're in our, our thinking head, and we spend most of our time up here, you know, 60 yeah. to 80,000 thoughts a day, a lot of them are negative thoughts. It's not always our best guide our, our thinking mind um, and you can get into that overthinking you know oh it's a big name uh, uh it's going to be really good for me but there's a few things about it i i i know aren't really right but i'll just get over that you know i'll, I'll rationalize 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 so that's why i try and really feel into it and what i've developed for myself in that is really that i guess there are three feeling criteria that i have when i'm looking at a piece of work and it's Will this work be memorable? Okay. Uh, will it be compatible? And will it be valuable? And I'll unpack each of those if that's, if yep, that's, if that's useful. Yeah. 
Definitely so the memorable, is. the memorable really kind of aligns to my personal values and it's around, you know, is this going to be fun? Am I going to enjoy it? Because I've, you know, you, you make the decision, you step out of your, your corporate gig, do your own thing. As you said, you make the decision for you. <laughs> it's, it's me who's going to decide whether we do this or not. Um, so it's, it's better to have a, a sense it's going to be enjoyable. And for me, that's going to be around, yes, fun. Um, am I going to be able to make impact? And have impact either on the individual or the or the organization so i really want to have that sense of i'm going to look back on this work in a period of time and go yeah really pleased i took that on this is what came out of it this is how i learned because you know constant learning journey is the other thing about working for yourself i think um so the so that memorable bit is super important and not a million miles away from it is this sense of compatibility as well like and i think that's a values alignment piece as well i'm looking at um you know, let's say it's a one-on-one -on -one client. Is this person really open to change? Because fundamentally, working with a coach, it's really about I'm here and I want to get to here. That's a process of change. And if there's a huge resistance to that, I'm probably not the best coach to work with. So I know we're not going to be super compatible. The same kind of from a corporate as well. Why are you doing this work? Why are you this investment of time and energy and money into your people? Is it to, you know, tick, a, tick something off a list or are you really trying to move something forward in your business? Are you really trying to, again, make change, make shifts, have an impact? So I really want to feel that sense of a compatibility um, between us. Um, and the last one, and certainly not least, is about this sense of, is it, is it valuable? So there's a lot of elements to that. Obviously, there's the, is it of value to me? Yes, from a financial point of view, I mean, we can't we can't duck that. We do work yeah. for ourselves. We have taxes and bills to pay. Um, so, am I? I'm being fairly remunerated for the work I'm doing. And I, and I, yeah. you know, not to jump off subject, but I'm really pleased that you've launched your huge global survey into what uh, facilitators and coaches um, are, are being paid. Um, the the yeah. pr is a pricing survey. You've, you've done recently. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really, really important to shine a light, lift the lid on it a little bit. Um, yeah. So congratulations for that. Thank um, you. So there's that, that, that part of the value bit. Um, and also, am I valuing myself? Uh, mm -hmm. Am I, tr you know, look, looking, looking at the work? Because um, we, have, we have a tendency, we can obviously get into that headspace of doubt. And am I good enough to do yeah. this work? Do I have what it takes to do this work? So I want to check in with myself for, yeah, you know, I can do this work. I've got, you know, it's going to be memorable. I'm super compatible. It's valuable to me and I'm good enough to do it. So there's lots of layers within it, but broadly I go through this, this, this feelings checklist whenever anything um, comes towards me. And so far it's served me pretty well. And I remember us, I can see where I was. I was in Battersea in London when we, you first introduced me to this, uh, decision making filters that you use mm. and I found that it was really insightful because I was like oh actually I think I'd probably do something similar and different um, and one of the things we started to talk about was how do you know when it's a yes and how do you know when it's a no and do all three elements mm. have to be in <laughs> in the in the package and I, can we just have a look at that? So do all three elements of memorability, value, and compatibility have to be there? In an ideal 
scenario, I would like all three to be there. So this, this, and this very much is when I'm in my, uh, you know, the word I use when my mojo's high, uh, I can be more, probably more selective, you know, things are flowing, feeling good, things are coming my way. Maybe I've got an option of this work or this work. Yeah. Work A, all three are ticked. Work B, maybe one is really a glaring omission. Um, yeah. And then I can make that decision. And then I, I sort of, again, feel into that decision. So, you know, uh, again, when, when, when I feel in flow and things are moving the way I want them to move, I, I feel I can make that yeah. decision pretty well. I know if things are a little bit out, I might be, oh, I might start to reach for it a little bit, grasp for it a little bit too much, hold it a bit too tightly. And that's, that's a sign. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm so purist. I've, I, I would never take that sort of work on. I absolutely have. The interesting thing is I know afterwards, I'll look back and go, well, I, what happened? I knew that was going to happen because it didn't, it didn't actually tick all my, all my three boxes. So, um, what does that feel like for you when you've said yes to a piece of work? And as you were saying, yes, probably part of your psyche was just going, I don't think we should do this, Rich. Mm-mm. Yet it can come from a place of scarcity. Sometimes we're like, sugar, there is a lot of open space in my diary. If I, what if I don't say yes to this work? Will anything else come along? So I know in the early years, I used to say yes to work because I was just worried. I, I how to your point, how was I going to pay the bills? Yeah. And then I did a piece of work and I'll be like, oh my God, this isn't right. I'm not mm. enjoying myself. It then felt really torturous or it felt for me, it felt like um, hard work and it shouldn't have mm. been. Um, have you had that experience yourself? Yes. <laughs> it's, yes, it's, 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 it's happened. Um, and the way I, I guess I, I look back and rationalize it a bit to go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, f- I'm five years into this. I haven't been doing working for myself for the 25 years that I had, you know, in corporate. So I'm learning yeah. all the time. It's all information. So the other side of it is not to beat myself up too hard. If, yeah. okay, I know I took that on and one of the three was missing. Say the, you know, the compatibility piece was missing. And yes, it was a bit like this with the client at times. Okay. That's, um, it's okay. Know, it's okay. It's, it's just information. It's a learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not that I, you know, I, again, devaluing myself, it's a learning for the future. And then it, again, back to decision-making as our subject, what's my choice next time? What's my choice next time? Yeah. I am, um, I'll name some, um, something that happened for you and I, so we were working with a particular client and I <laughs> found myself using the language of, I think I need to divorce them. And I've never used strong language like that before. And I felt a bit wrong, but it was actually a truth. And you were brilliant. You were part of the team who was doing some delivery for this particular client. And I look back now and there was just a mismatch. And so that compatibility piece and the mismatch was cultural. Mm. It was a cultural mismatch. And what I didn't do was listen to my gut instinct and name it earlier. Mm. And I should have said, it's time to 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 say goodbye to that client and do it in a way that was graceful and um I owned it what I did was and this is just talks to me and the, the inner work that I need to do <laughs> um we let it drift with belief that the client was going to come back to us and they ghosted us and that became quite a, a challenge so they would never reply to emails mm. um 
And I think my big learning is when I have that inner sense next time uh, to either have the, the big girl conversation with the client straight away or say no. And interestingly, I've just said no to a piece of work with a board of directors because it doesn't fit. Um, it's not compatible. I know we could do the work and the team would be brilliant at it. It just does not feel right and in my sweet spot. And it's a mm. really sizable piece of work. And that also like makes me feel a little anxious because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're talking six figure project here plus. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And yet I think if I went forward with it, it would become sticky and not as enjoyable as other projects that I could do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we're choosing where to put our energy and attention essentially, yeah. aren't we? That's and, 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 and through that, through that, you know, it's a big, as you say, it's a big call you just made, but you're now navigating your energy and attention to the areas that would tick your, whatever your criteria might yeah. be, you know? Um, as hard as it is, and it is, and it is a big call, and I, I congratulate you for it. But it's, it's, it's. Let's see what happens. This, well, yeah, but it's almost this law of is that you're, you're putting out a certain resonance. Okay, you're saying this is not for me, but this sort of thing is. And you know, uh, I, I, again, there's something five years ago I wouldn't have been using this sort of language, but the universe really does listen to the energy we're putting out there, saying this is not for me. But I agree. This is, and you'll and you'll call it in. And you'll call it in, yeah. absolutely. When we were talking uh, before today, we were saying like how conscious has our decision making been mm. uh, in the past and 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 now. Mm. Um, and I'd love to talk with you because we were talking about going from the unconscious decision making to the conscious. Yeah. Um, can you can you explain a little bit what that means to you? Mm. Well, for me, this is this is the game. This is the work. If anything, it is opening up our, our consciousness more and more um, to go from a, a life where we're almost operating on autopilot just to get through because we've got so much in our day, demands and stress and maybe anxiety that you sort of, I feel this is my old, this is how I kind of put my definitely my corporate existence. You sort of had to, I had to not think about that stuff and just operate on autopilot and and, and deal with you know a smaller amount of stuff in a very conscious way whereas whereas now what you know i think really you know uh, doing the work doing the inner work understanding self more what you're doing is opening up your consciousness more so you're just yeah. operating from position of understanding yourself fundamentally yourself better you know who am i and and how does that help you when you're making decisions though because it comes from a position of your true self because I know decisions I've made I, in the past certainly where who am I making that decision for is that really for me or am I giving it some color around I think this is just the right thing to do and certainly as you, as you, as you talked of when you're making decisions in a corporate sense you're making it in in the round in a group um, perhaps not in a position where you're thinking about the direction of your business, but a wider business. Um, so it's a sense of, yeah, it's not, it's not really about me. Um, and not really getting to the heart of what I'm about and certainly not showing who I'm really about. Um, I, you know, I've, I've worked in a lot of lovely companies, but if I said I was fully emotionally safe and able to be 
fully vulnerable? Probably not. Um, because there is this sense of what do they think about me? What, what's this going to mean for me in my career if I happen to go if I, you know, say this thing or make this decision? Um, so does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think this is kind of the game, really, this movement from living life in a, a fundamentally unconscious way to becoming more conscious about everything. And, you know, obviously decision making is part of that. So a sense of I, I reflect on, you know, my life. So in corporate, if you like, my pre, pre-mojo life. And I know I was making a lot of decisions kind of mostly on autopilot um, all the time. And this was a lot of, you know, a lot of context behind that. I think just a lot of stress and pressure of being in a big job and sort of feeling the weight of that and not really knowing myself terribly well. Yeah. And that's really yeah. the, the, the piece. I think when you start to move from the unconscious to the conscious, it's, it's just getting a sense of who you are and being really comfortable with that, right? You know, the whole embrace your weird, <laughs> which, your weird. You know, which I, I, I wish more corporates would, would, would do with people rather than trying to put people into to kind of little, little boxes. And obviously just, just being yourself is a great way of just that self-expression. And when you're in there, your opportunity, yeah. I think, to be more conscious uh, is, is just significantly greater. And how has that helped you from a decision-making perspective in your business? When you're in the unconscious, I think you're, what you're allowing is your, the, the, the ego is taking over an awful lot. Okay. So yeah. you should do this work because, you know, uh, it's a really prestigious client. And then part of me is going, yeah, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, but Richard, it's a really prestigious client. Think about having that on your creds, but there's something about yeah. it that's not sitting well with me. You know, this is the, the inner, the inner dialogue that we're, we're kind of having. So I think when we're moving to that sort of the conscious piece and, and the ego start to matter a little bit less, you know, ego really coming from that position of lack. And when we're more conscious about ourselves, we're more, you know, I'm good. I'm lovable. I'm valuable. I'm good enough as I am the whole, you know, I'm not sure I actually need this client in my life because there's something about it. That's just not feeling right for me. And again, that the other bit of that, that consciousness is I talked a bit about before it's when we can come out of our, head and operating in up here all the time where ego lives come into your body when you just know I bet when you turned that that client you were talking about away you knew first probably in your gut before you started getting into the what the ramifications of this was that was that the case yeah true I often feel it in my I've learned and I yeah feel it in my body and I agree mm. when I was in corporate world uh yeah lived in my head because I wasn't encouraged to use my gut instinct or if I did I was often I would just go you know it just doesn't feel right and it'd be like no no you've got to go via your numbers you need to have um, concrete data and information to be able to make that decision and I'd be yeah but it just doesn't work and it'd be like no that that wasn't valued and it wasn't given a space or a place how have you developed listening to your unconscious more and using it as a another resource my my conscious sorry listening to your conscious yeah (laughs) or evolving your unconscious probably Mm. to help you listen yeah well I think it it is an evolution absolutely and it's the more that we can you know sort of sit with ourselves um and the more present we can be this is where I think it, it comes from you know again I think about being more unconscious pre-mojo days in corporate 
just so tied up in things. There was no presence. Everything was at speed. So it's very hard to listen, that being the point. Mm. When you slow things down and you get really present in your body, I think that's when you can tune into things more. So for me, it's been yeah. you know, part of my um, journey has been learning to meditate. So mm -hmm. seven years ago, um, I learned uh, Vedic meditation. That's my particular practice. Wow. And that's, you know, 40 minutes a day, 20 minutes each time um, uh -huh. meditation. And that is an amazing thing for slowing an awful lot of things down, getting very much into your body. And then you just have an, a, a, an ability just to tune in to things, you know, your, the, and increase your consciousness, I would say, more and yeah. more. Um, so the med meditation, really, really important for me. Um, other things, you know, a, a simple thing like getting out into nature, I find really, really useful for that. We're very disconnected from where we come from, which is the natural world. Mm. Um, you know, and, and obviously, yes, living in cities, that can be a bit harder, but there are parks and there are uh, ways of accessing nature. Um, which I think really helps just ground you. And when, so yeah. you've got a big decision to make, get, get into nature, go for a walk. Yeah, um, you know, definitely. Not, it's not about overthinking it, but let it play, let it play a little bit and then see what, see what comes to you. So, um, you know, a big part of, you know, my um, uh, big decision that my wife and I made several years ago was to move from London to Ibiza. Um, and the big part of that was the natural world, the natural environment that we wanted to exist in. Um, and we, we chose here. Nice. Mm. And what else do you, so we've got meditation, we've got nature. What else have you done to help yourself? Looking for, looking for good people in your life as well. Looking mm -hmm. for guidance. Again, I go sort of the pre, the pre mojo years of, I, I didn't trust people terribly well to come close to me. And it's not about necessarily giving advice, but just have a mentor to sort of play things off with. Um, and then, you know, guess what I got, I, I was lucky enough to have a couple of coaches when I was in the corporate world and thought, oh, this is a bit different. You know, someone is not, they're not judging right. me. They're not telling me what to do. They're not saying, Hey, listen to me. I've been here before. The encouragement was to, it's, you know, coaching essentially a journey of self-awareness, which is that increasing your consciousness. All right. So this is what I really think about that. This is how I feel about yeah. this decision that I'm making. So being having access to um coaches help me actually think actually this is actually something i think i want to do this is really powerful stuff yeah um and then ever since then i've always had people in my life whether they're formal coaches mentors teachers who i go to and i trust just to help me with that you know increased increased consciousness uh, over time and i think as solopreneurs when we work on our own and doing the work that we're doing as facilitators, trainers, coaches, ha doing our work with a coach or a mentor is so important because as we started earlier saying, you know, we're often doing a lot of this work on our own, having other people to talk things through with is invaluable, but also I call it, you know, doing your inner work because we're working with other human beings so much. I think we need to know ourselves to be able to sit with another person, hundred percent. I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think yeah, to 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 be in the privileged position, whether you're holding space for and and one other individual or a group, knowing yourself and having done the work is 
gives you, I, I believe, a much better opportunity for the people you're with to get into their consciousness and understand their yeah. themselves more and 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 make those leaps. Right, going back to you know why I do this work, I, I want to see impact. I want people to get the change that they're they're looking for, and I think you give them a much better opportunity if you've done the work yourself. So you know, I see it as a, it's, it's, this is a lifelong journey now it's not oh i did yeah. a bit of coaching a while ago and i went on a retreat job done it's it's constant it's constant well i was going to ask you like um like how long have you been doing your we often call it the inner work how mm. long have you been doing your inner work for i i i put it it's, a, it's around seven years because it's when i started meditating i think that was my first okay. step in and it was a big it, i say it's a step it was a leap it was huge i was like my, what is this you know, obviously I had this image of meditators as people sitting cross-legged, uh, going on somewhere in the Himalayas. Um, and it's so far from the truth. It's simply the practice of you know, quieting the mind, get into the body, um, and just slow things down. And I, I, I saw such a big impact from that. That's why I've, I've stuck with it. And I appreciate people can find meditating difficult and hard because I think we're, we're trying to, to do it really well do it um, yeah part, yeah do it exactly it's just just don't think about doing it just be it's like just, just be, be it just be it what other practices have you tried uh on this journey in the last seven years anything else that you can put in the pot for our listener yeah so i've done a bit of breath work um it's not something i do on a regular basis in terms of attending groups but i've done i've had some pretty you know big experiences with yeah, breath working feel. Wow, how did I how did I go there? Yeah, same um, here. And the reminder is, it's just you know talking about being. It's just come back to your breath. It's, you yeah. know, it's if there is one fundamental thing, it's the <laughs> it's the air that we're bringing in exactly. Yeah, you know, like like probably a lot of facilitators before I'm about to start a session, I'll feel nervous. I'll feel maybe a little bit anxious. So so for me, it's like okay, just come back to the breath slow yeah. things down it might be a bit of four box breathing or something that i'll just do just to really settle nice. and then start because you know if you if you come into a session and you're kind of hyper super anxious you haven't dealt with that the the, the you'll translate that Absolutely. to the people we're with and they'll be all yeah. kind of anxious and and a bit hyper um, and that can take some time to settle down before you, you know, can start to move forward so yeah. that's what i try and do so we've got a bit of breath work. Anything else that you've done? You know, a bit of cold water immersion kind of sits alongside the, the breath work stuff. So probably about the last 18 months I've been cold water showering. Um, yeah. Every day? Every, every day. Every How day. How long for? Not, you know, it's not long. It's like you, you get some benefit after about 90 seconds. Okay. Um, and it's, and again, it, all these things it's if you put a lot of barrier in the way of it's hard to get to or it's it's going to be difficult and painful the chances of you of a human being taking it on as a habit is minimized right so how do i make this easy so i, I was reading you know obviously you know, a bit of vim hof reading and the he suggestion doesn't. is do do your usual shower you know where you warm water wash then you move on to the cold water shower to finish off with because before I was, I was throwing myself into cold water. It's like this really unpleasant. Um, so the, it's a bit of a less of a shock for the body, but you're still getting all this benefit of getting this cold water down the the, the vagus nerve at the, the back of your neck and all that sort of thing, and just you know just slowing again that sort of process of slowing down coming into your body and a bit of a dopamine hit. 
from doing something that you didn't think maybe you could you could do so I've embraced a bit of that yeah anything else I mean there's at a really fundamental level it's what I eat if we're gonna gonna you know get really yeah into it so about the same time I, I learned to meditate I became a pescatarian fundamentally so I gave up um uh meat and okay just found again, just a, a profound shift for me. And it's not, I appreciate it's, it's like, it's what, what's right for you. I think this is the important yeah. thing with this. And I just Absolutely. trying different things. Um, and I felt, I felt, I felt both, I felt better in myself. Yes. So when we feel better in ourselves, you know, the day is going to unfurl in a more pleasant way, right. Then, uh, you know, I was just having trouble, frankly, digesting heavy meals made up of meat. That was yep. my challenge and I didn't really know until I tried something different. So for me, you know, it's been, it, it took me a while to kind of get to embracing some of the sort of uh, different modalities and approaches, if you like. Yeah. And I just try things and see, does that work? Does that help me? And then you build it in, then you build it into your practice. Nice. This is what I'd call, this is your daily practice. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. And having a daily practice can be really powerful. My practices, I guess, exercise is my big one that helps mm. me do my thinking and decision making so but an active exercise so that for me is my running my swimming my cycling um yoga in the week superbly helpful for calming the mind and i still process i'm sure if a yoga teacher could hear my head as i was practicing they'd be like whoa i think they call it the <laughs> monkey chatter um yeah. i also go to something called the sanctum with laura beckingham and sit and drink tea Right. And she has beautiful uh, seasons of the sanctum, so for two months of the year, uh, different points in the year. So that's a um, a tea meditation, mm. and that for me is a, that just works. It's slightly active, but very calming. And I think to your point, trying out different modalities is really helpful, and it allows us to have an experiment and experience. And knowing all the time, I think that the, why do we do all of this? Like the end point being, we're just, I think for me, it's just like cleaning up some of the clutter I've got going off in my head and just giving myself a, a, a fighting chance when I go into the, to my workspace or I'm working with my clients. It sort of allows me to read the situation more easily and use that intuition i'm sort of hovering my hand over my gut and my solar plexus like i can i can feel like i can read the energy and it's just another resource another decision making tool versus just using my head and logic so I yeah think that's why i do all of that work because some people might be going oh well, what's the point of doing doing the inner work how is that going to help me make better decisions uh i just want to say it does have a go and cut because if you don't have a go, you never know. Well, that's it. It's and, and that's the encouragement. Try try some things. Give them enough time and 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 look at the results. Look at the results. What's what's the impact? What's the change that you're seeing? And like, like you know, classic atomic habits kind of stuff. If you start to see that reward state getting, you're going to put that back into your routine, and that's the and that's the habit loop. Um, you're going to keep that going. You know, yeah, I, I see a lot of it. It's it's like imagine a, it's like a scaffolding that you need in your life. Yes. And it's uh, the, the difference I see what I have now is I've chosen my scaffolding of what I want around me, you know, this sort of daily practice rather than having imposed. And yes. I, I very much see this as a, again, talking about corporate life to running your own thing. Corporate was very full of lots of structure, lots of scaffolding, 
literally, you have to be on this meeting, you have to be here, you have to do this, you have to think this way even. And that starts to, there's so much scaffolding that starts to constrict any element of flow that you might get into versus build your own. So we all need some scaffolding in life. Otherwise, everything just kind of might flow a little bit too much. But then you've got, right, I've just got it. I've done my meditation today. I've done my yoga, whatever it might be. I'm just feeling it. I feel at, literally at my best. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I love that. So we choose our scaffolding versus having imposed on us, which we many of probably of us have had. Um, but if you don't choose your scaffolding, it'll choose it for you. And it may take you into a space that's won't serve you and won't be of use okay as with all my guests Richard we've got some quick fire questions are you ready I'm ready I'm holding on to my chair are you ready (laughs) here we go (laughs) okay there's only a few uh what advice would you give to someone starting out firstly I'd say do it so if you're start, if you're if you're on that edge and thinking about it I'd say go for it is the is the main thing and whilst we all have naturally fears will emerge come back to why yeah. you were thinking about this in the first place and, and kind of grasp that truth and move forward love it uh how have you invested in yourself or your business to support you in moving forward yeah so i say fundamentally most of the investment has been in me as kind of as we've spoken to whether it's learning to meditate getting a coach joining various online programs uh with other entrepreneurs to learn so the investment really has been in me fundamentally and that's made the you know the biggest return has definitely come from that um is there any program in particular you want to call out that has been a good for you yes i'd call out bodie aldridge's leadership mastery program which has been really fundamental to me working with a group of other men in this case from around the world all business owners just trying to understand ourselves better so we can apply it um to the business so that's been really fundamental awesome uh who are you paying attention to in social media land at this time (laughs) part of my challenge is i probably pay too much attention to social media and i actually try i'm trying to rein it back a little bit um ah okay so it's really about where i'm i'm trying to be more choiceful about where i put my attention so rather than the sort of doom scrolling it's like where where I'm, i'm getting things from um so but where i get a lot of value from well you know to be frank, I get a lot of value from School of Facilitation, for example, and always have Thank done you. over a, a course of a, a, a wide period of time. Um, where else? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I think, yeah, I, I like things like the Daily Stoic. It's just, you okay. know, here's a quote and something that you might want to think about in, a, in kind, of a, kind of a different different way. That kind of comes to mind. Um other other kind of podcasts um, who are on social kind of are, are useful for me. High performance podcast has always been a, a favorite of mine. Um, Love what Jake and Damien are doing there has been fantastic. I actually got I got Damien Hughes onto the Mojo podcast actually a couple of years ago, which is a real no coup. way he was amazing. Yes, he was incredible. Very generous. Why? How did I miss that? It's on their series three. I think I talk about sport. Okay. Um, that's what the, the lens that we use to, uh, to come at that. So yeah, um, I, you know, the various podcasts that, uh, you know, really inspire me as a coach and a podcaster. Cool. Um, what book do you recommend to other people? Oh my, uh, well, I've talked about Atomic Habits by James Clear an amount 
in this. And I, I think it's really foundational kind of work to think about for, for self, you know, what is it I want to bring into my life and how do I make that habit stick and what, you know, the psychology of habit and all that kind of thing. I mean, that's really um, fundamental. I always go back to actually um, the seven habits of, of effective people, Stephen Covey. Yeah, Mr. It's Covey. The, I think it's the First Bible. book I read. Yeah, I think it's the Bible. It's just behind me on the shelf here and I'll often find myself going back in. Here's some notes that um, I've kind of made as I've, as I've, as I've gone. So um, I keep on coming back to him. <laughs> nice. That was my first, I, that was the first self-development book I remember reading and getting a notepad and pen out and writing notes. It was in 1999. I know exactly where I was and I've still got the notebook. So I remember doing that. Richard, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to Richard and I chatting, Richard also has a podcast. It's called the Mojo Podcast, found on all good providers go i really recommend go find him and also on instagram how can people find you on social media land richard yeah on on insta where i'm trying not to spend too much time but only quality time um is at mojo richard um and also on linkedin you can find me richard stokes on there or mojo development the business on there and i, I like to share my observations around leadership around personal development um that i hope people will find useful cool Richard, thank you for today. It's been interesting. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing your insights. 